and we are recording. Warwick Stevenson, how are you doing? Good, mate. Good to catch up. We had a little pre-chat. Hopefully we can uh, make the recording work this time. It took a couple tests. This is the first time I've done one overseas. You know, it's normally just guys here. Um, So you're kind of the test, but so far so good. So anyway, where are you? You're in, uh, obviously you're in Australia. Which uh, which city do you live in these days? I live in a state called New South Wales. Um, I live in a town called Thelmere, which is about 90-ish Ks southwest of Sydney. So a little bit out of Sydney. Is that where you always used to live before you came out here? No, no, no. Um, I used to. I grew up in a town called Minto, which is about forty-five minutes drive towards Sydney. Okay, good stuff. Well, I thought with this particular, uh, in, I don't know whatever you call them, uh, podcast interview, YouTube, uh, <clears throat> you have so much history. I thought we'd do this one. Maybe we'll just talk about your US journey. Um, yeah. And like I say, we can always hop back on another date and talk about your early days because I always, yeah, I like the Australian history as well. Um, but yeah, let's talk about, you know, I listened to you on uh, Kalen and Bruce Morris's podcast on uh, BMX Beers and Bullshit. And um, you talked a little bit about when you first got to the US, you flew into Phoenix, right, for the uh, Winter Nationals. Maybe let's start there. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very rocky start. Like, um I, I flew on Japan Airlines, which was the cheapest airline that I could find at the time because obviously I didn't have much money. And the plane, like literally half the plane went to the wrong terminal. So they, they delayed it. And I was delayed five, well, yeah, five hours or something like that. And I only had business numbers for the ABA. So when I got in at like seven or eight o'clock at night, something like that, that obviously closed, and um, so I had I didn't have anyone to contact. So I literally had to wait all night, and just so have it there was a baseball game in town. And I, you know, I, when I rang my mum back home, she was you know trying to find me a hotel, and nothing was available. So, well, nothing in my price range anyway. So I slept on the floor, the concrete floor of the the, the airport for you know until the next. Day, which was pretty scary at 18 years old when you know you're just starting off your your US journey and and that's that's what happened but um it, it was certainly good to see a, a, a somebody that, that actually came the next day once I finally got a hold of them um so yeah that was literally the first 24 hours in, in the in the states so very very scary yeah, so obviously you made your way over to Black Mountain, and then uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the uh, your experience. Seeing that obviously Phoenix is still a huge race, and it, it was back then as well. Yeah, tell us about who you kind of guys you met to start with, and then maybe going into the the race itself. Um, the, well, I, I I I got sort of linked up with the ABA through Grant, and. Um, Gork said that he I, I could stay with him, and um, I think it was Billy Anderson. Is it Billy Anderson? Billy, Billy Anderson, D. The... Billy D. or uh, B A? No, no, no. Um, the the guy that worked for the magazine, Billy Davis, maybe. Billy, yeah, yeah. that's him. Billy D. Billy D. They called him, yeah. Billy D. Um, he lived with with uh, with Gork, and I slept on Gork's Gork's lounge, and um, basically drove around with them for the first, you know, couple of weeks and 
the, the I, I I got there on the Monday, so like it was a Tuesday, and I ran and Black Mountain was that weekend, so I had you know three four days to get over jet lag and go see the track and help help set up and uh, which was not not the easiest of work, um, <laughs> but man, I was uh, I was I was green, I was young, I was I was hungry, I was you know just in in awe of of being you know i'd never been overseas i've never even been on a plane so wow. it was it was pretty pretty cool for me yeah and where you where you kind of came onto the radar which is basically straight away is you was racing a pro but you also uh signed up for pro open and i can remember because i was standing behind a, a couple of motos behind you had a really hard moto i think like christoph purse and a couple of the guys and you pretty much uh, you was on snm as, as well right was it snm you was on well i rode an snm um because i purchased it literally probably three weeks before i'd i'd come over to the states the bike that i had um that i raced the world titles in melbourne in 98 that bike was handmade like oh, wow. literally handmade by, not by me, but I was holding the tubes while some guy that knew how to weld. He wasn't a welder. He right. just knew how to weld. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, hand on heart, that's, that's, I mean, we made, the first bike we made was a cruiser. And the bottom bracket height was like 13 and a half inches. It was horrible. And I tell you what, a bike that's with the, with the bottom bracket that high is very hard to get out the gate. In a like in a drag race pedaling, oh, the best. The well, it worked best. because because you won cruise at the worlds that year, didn't you, in Melbourne? Yeah, well, that was a new cruiser. So the first right. cruiser ever that we ever built, I raced the Aussie titles um, in in Knox uh, here in Australia, and that was horrible. But I but I raced a um, a free agent, uh, like an actual uh, actual free agent. But then we made a, a twenty inch and, and another cruiser, and we got we we sort of we got it right. But yeah, that I, I rode rode for a bike shop team, um, you know, at the at that the ninety eight worlds, and when I wanted to come over to America, he wouldn't allow me to to keep the bike um, <laughs> because I mean, selfishly, but you know, I'd won the worlds on it, so you know, he, he sort of wanted to keep it for himself, but right. he didn't win the Worlds on it. I won the Worlds on it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, I had to buy a, an S&M um, to, to come over. Well, I, I bought, I, I just wanted to buy a bike and I, I needed something cheap and um, and I'd ridden an S&M um, and it was, it was, yeah, it was, that's what I had. Yeah, but in, you... in regards to like racing the all the classes because I because I w- was working for the ABA, they didn't charge me to um, you know to, to to race. So I just said sign me up for everything. You know, I didn't yeah, have a cruiser, yeah. but if I did, I would race cruiser as well. Yeah. So <laughs> so you you know. you'd race Friday night. Did you win that? I won Friday night. Yeah. Okay, and then in that first moto, like what I was saying, you literally got on the gate and beat Purse, Levesque. Um, it was a stack moto anyway, and just everyone's like, who the hell is this? You know? And that's kind of yeah, where... Well, that, 
it was the second moto because, you know, as I said in, in um, you know, Kalen's podcast or Kalen's and Bruce's podcast, the, 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 the gate was, was completely different. I mean, you probably remember it. It would, that, it would have been like that in, um, in Melbourne. It was a free-falling gate. So, yeah, yeah. you know, growing up, all we knew is, is free-falling gates. We didn't have rams until after I'd left. It was like two years after I'd left before, you know, um, tracks around here had a, a, a ram gate. So to, to come over to America, and that's, that's all there is, was, was tough. So the first moto being so nervous and I don't even remember how, who I had, but I went late, got cut off. I, I knew I had, um, uh, Danny Nelson next to me and he cut me off. But the second <laughs> moto, I, uh, you know, I had all this like energy and emotion and, and like anxiety built up. I, I literally just closed my eyes and got a perfect start and then just took off. And, and, you know, I was still putting them in, even past the line, you know, <laughs> five, six bikes in front, and I still pedaled over the line. Right. Yeah, that's cool. So, so, so you beating those guys, did that, like, set a light bulb off for you? Like, okay, I, I can do this out here. It was, it was like, yeah, I mean, the like, the inner cockiness of myself, I always knew that, I'd eventually, you know, be a contender. Like I knew I could, I knew deep down in my heart, I, I didn't go around telling everyone. I mean, I was never a cocky guy telling everyone I could beat them. No. You know, I was, I, I like to think I'm a, you know, somewhat of a quiet achiever, but I'm also confident, yeah. you know, that I can do anything that I set my mind to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I knew that I could, uh, I, I had a feeling that I could do it. I wasn't going to America just to, to be, you know, an A pro and, and, you know, maybe make a few mains here and there. I knew I could do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I th- it could have been the week right after um, Phoenix, like I say, you were still a pro and you made the pro open main. And I can still remember behind the gate, you know, we kind of worked out who you was then, would, you know, seen, seen glimpses in Phoenix and going up for that pro open gate, we're all behind the main, we're all behind the gate for the main. And you come up and you shake everybody's hand, like, good luck, good luck, good luck. Something that people really didn't do during that era, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I, I think you was generally just being a nice guy, you know? And, um, yeah, yeah. You maybe shout us a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Because I think that that literally was the second weekend, so you know I, I like I didn't have months and years of of um, you know competing against those guys like you guys, and, and got to understand you you're all my idol, you Jamie, John, Christoph, like guys that I looked up to, you know, at that particular moment in time, I think John Purse was on the gate as well. I had yeah. his poster on my wall at home. Yeah. So, you know, to, 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 to start realizing that, Hey, I, I can, you know, compete with the, you know, you guys. And, um, I was just like, 
just ecstatic and 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 generally like there was no malice there was there was no cockiness there was no you know you know playing mind games it was literally just you know happy to be there and, and wanted to show everyone how happy i was to be there you know um because mm-hmm. that was something we did you know here in australia because we were all so close we all lived basically in the same state so um there was there was a lot of mateship off the track i mean there was still racing um but you know we were all relatively close off the track as well so um you know I'd, when i think back i'm like man did i really do that <laughs> like i said <laughs> you're so young though you're so time, young but... yeah young and innocent you know yeah so you breeze uh, through a pro pretty quick i remember seeing you winning a lot of races and maybe talk to us a little bit about yeah your first double a race um oh, where was my first double a race i think it was like um i think it was texas but i, I didn't make the main either i, I made pro open Mm-hmm. but I didn't make the main in double A and I was on, um, I was on, I was on standard by then. So you got just on... gotten on. Standard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about uh, that then. How did that, how did that come about? So my, my, like my very, very first race in Phoenix, I met, um, uh, um, what's your Rick, name? Rick Fox. from standard. Oh, Dwayne Taylor. No, no, no. Dwayne, yeah. And then Dwayne. and then I seen him again. And then he 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 started talking to me with um he he kept saying, I want you to ride my product. I want you to ride my product. And then um and then down in Florida it was um at the um the Orlando race. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, him and, yeah, so him and Rick came up to me and um they said, you know, what what would you think about riding for us and and it was just like you know do you want to ride my product it it wasn't like um i think he sent me all the gear and then a couple of months later a contract came Mm -hmm. um but it was it it wasn't i mean it was it was okay it was was great then you know like oh you're gonna pay for a few things and give me a bike and i can actually keep the bike because in Australia, sponsorship is, I'll give you a bike and gear, and but when you finish, you got to give it back. Yeah, like, that's all English, English deal as well. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so yeah, I started riding for like Rick right after the um, the 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 Easter Classic down in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let me t- tell us a little bit about then those you know first few races. Um, on standard because you went pretty soon. You got you got on Diamondback, right? Didn't they offer you a pretty pretty good deal? So that was like I went over late like late March. Um, uh, I think three races into race like riding for Double A, I broke my wrist. Um, so I was off for about probably four weeks, um, and then. I did. I really didn't like set the world on fire once I turned double A, but it was. It wasn't until Rick dumped me, and that was probably September October. Um, I got another free agent. It was just a, a frame that 
had a dint in it that Dave Bittner had because I was living with Dave at the time and he couldn't sell it. So I'm like, well, can I buy it off you? Um, and I, I still owe him the money for that bike, but anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I put put all the parts on the on the free agent, and I got. Um, I think there was a race in Illinois somewhere, and Dave and I literally drove to that race all night. It was like a hundred. That and Dave will tell you, man. It was it was like crazy. We we drove all night. We stopped at a truck stop. It was 120 degrees, like ridiculously <laughs> hot. And, and the humidity out in the, out in the Midwest was crazy. We left the, the truck running all night, slept in the truck, in a parking spot at a truck stop. Yeah. Like when I say truck, it's, you know, is just four by four truck, not a like semi-trailer truck. And we woke up. He put it in reverse. We backed out of the parking spot. We kept driving. <laughs> Sorry, I got a call. All good. Um. So, so yeah, it was. Um, and then I went to that race, and because I like you know just got dumped from um, from from Standard, mm-hmm. I I got um, second. I, I won uh, one of the pro like three, you know three mains. I won mm-hmm. one of them and, and got second at, um, at, uh, like, you know, I, I like got second overall. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because I was, you know, and then I, I, I did good. I did pretty good at the fall nationals. I, I made the main one day and, um, I, what did I, what did I do with the grands? I, I don't think I had a very good grands, but, um, but right before the grants at the the bike show, I'd um, been talking to um, Scott Matchell. Okay. And we literally wrote down a contract on a napkin out sitting on the floor outside the bike show. <laughs> um, and, and that was the, that was the deal. And man, that guy, like there is no other more genuine person than Scott Matchell, like mm-hmm. he kept his word for everything, everything, and he, and he could have screwed me because I, you know, had visa troubles. I didn't know anything about a visa. Um, I didn't get paid. I was getting paid from the ABA, but um, you know, once once I'd once I'd gotten onto you know a real factory ride where you know you call um, Gary Ellis's family and. You, you, you say, I yeah. want to go to this race. I want to leave Friday. I want to come back Sunday night and I want a, you know, mid-sized car. And that was it. They right. took care of everything. And that was the yeah. deal, you know? Um, that was the deal with, with, uh, with Diamondback. And it was, it was, um, it was, it was, it, it was just easy and awesome. And that's where I progressed and, you know, got better and better and better. Um, as as time went on, yeah. What I can remember, I think you were still on Diamondback. It was probably yeah that following season, so it would have been two thousand, right? I think that's where you started to started to win some races, yeah. right? Pretty much. The first <clears throat> the first race I won was like literally the first race I won, 
ever as a double A pro. I remember it like it was yesterday. We're in um, Tacoma, um, Washington, like just outside of Seattle, mm-hmm. where uh, where Diamond, where Raleigh is is situated. I always had to deal with um, Robert McPherson. Man, that oh, guy your because he was the number one pro on yes. Diamondback, and I was mm-hmm. the you know the new guy, right? Yeah, he treated me like shit, man. Like if he didn't make the main and I made the main, or especially pro open. If I made pro open on 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 Sunday, I had to make my own way to the airport. He, he was not waiting. Right. And he, if I made the main and he didn't make the main, he, he was gone. He was salty. Right. Man, he was so salty. I, I we, we'd be eating breakfast. He'd finish. I, I'd you know be halfway through, and he'd say, "Get it to go. Let's go." So I'd be literally right. gri- grabbing my pancakes, eating my pancakes, walking to the car. Um, but this race in Tacoma. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was Tacoma in Washington. I think it was the, it was the first day I'd won the first main. He won the second main. We were tied for points. Right. (laughs) The last main, I was on the outside. He was on the inside and he cut me off and rode me off the track. And we both crashed and I got up first. And I beat him on points, and I won. And it was so blatant that the guys from, like, they were pissed. They were pissed because we were teammates. Yeah, he rode me off the track. I was clearly faster than him that day. So um, he didn't even race on Sunday. I think he went home. So there was trouble in paradise for a Big Mac. And it was after that where I started. I think I, I, I think what did I? Do? I made the main um, at the Grands when, um, and I think I got fifth or something. Um, I, and I did, I, I did, I did pretty, pretty well towards the end of the year. I think I did pretty like I made the main both days at the Falls, um, but it was just literally, you know, knowing that I could do it. And I won, you know, I won a few uh, pro opens as well, but I didn't count pro opens as pro wins. Um, but then 2001 rolled around, and that's when I started. That's when yeah. the wins came. Yeah, and I think by, I mean, yeah, real quick. I mean, 2001 Worlds. Um, I mean, yeah, you were so established. Obviously, Kentucky. I was next to you on the gate, and you, for me, you know, going up for the Worlds. I'm like, this is my last chance, but. I'm next to you on the gate. I was in one, you was in two, and I knew how fast she was already, you know. So that was a big um, mental thing for me being next to you because you had such a, I mean, you and Stumphouse had a, such a good, you know, drive, two, three, four, you know. And and for me, that yeah. was, yeah, that, that was tough even being next to you on the gate. But by by Grands, right, you was up for the title, right? That was a year you and Levesque were up for the title going into the Grands, right? At 2001, yeah, so... Um, I think Christoph and I were like, you know, 10 or 20 points away from each other. It was, it was really tight. Um, I think whoever beat the, the next person won because, you know, double points, the grands, yeah. um, um, Danny was also up, but you know, he had to win. I had to get fifth. So mm-hmm. it, it was a, bit, a little bit of a long shot. 
Um, and the pressure, man, like, you know, I'd only been there a couple of years. I mean, even though... Breaking up a little bit. I feel like, you know, st still... But, um, like, it wasn't until Christoph went out in the quarter, I, th I think, or the semi, mm -hmm. that... Like I thought, whoa, hang on a sec. <laughs> like, and and I made the main. I was like, couldn't believe it, and and it was like I got a a shot of adrenaline, and all the pressure had gone away because, and and I don't want to sound cocky by saying this, but I didn't look at at Danny as like, well, it's between Danny and me. I looked at Kristoff like it was between Kristoff and me, mm. so. With Christoph going out, I was like, man, this is mine. So, you know, I, I I bumped the gate and got fifth in the first main, but then I won the second two mains. And that was when Kyle, that was Kyle's first race. Right. Well, that was his first, race, his, his first big win, yeah. First win. Mm. Um, and Kyle won uh, the first main and got second, second. And Kyle won, won the overall, and I got, uh, and I won the title. And, the special part for me is not, I mean, obviously, yeah, I won the title. That's bloody amazing, right? But mm -hmm. to win it against Christoph yeah, yeah. is another level. Because Christoph, I mean, I mean, what can you say about Christoph? That what what hasn't he done? He's done everything. Oh, absolutely. You know? and, yeah, yeah. And revolutionized the sport of BMX. Mm -hmm. And I seem to remember that was um, the podium was you was Kyle, you, and Greg Romero. And that was kind of the outcoming of Sean Dwight, the, uh, Sean Dwight, the trainer, because I think he was training all three of you guys, right? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> but Sean was also racing as well. That was Sean's first year in the, in, the, in America. Yeah. Um, he, he had, um, actually, no, it was his second year. He came over in 2000. Um, but he, he was he wasn't coming over to try and get a career in in being a uh, a trainer he was coming over to try and race and compete mm -hmm. um but he'd left his his run a little bit late he was he was 26 or 27 when he came over so he was sort of like you know either in his prime or you know slightly maybe Possibly a little bit that, older yeah. yeah i mean cause back then you you didn't really start dominating until 24, 25, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where now it's the, the, they, like, I don't know what's in the bloody, in the water, but everyone's mm. peaking at 18, 19 <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think Bubba set, set that standard, you know? Um, so after you won the grands, is that when you got picked up by Haro straight away? Um, 2001, 2002, yeah. So the they we, we, when there was dramas, not dramas, but there was like you know, um, I was talking to Tony D for a while, and I seen I, I met Tony at a at a California race, mm -hmm. and he was he was asking. Um, 
because I think that was that was around the time that Jamie had left and gone into cycling. Yes. So yes. they were looking for you know another top top guy. Yeah. And um, Tony D jokingly said, "Oh, um, that could that be you?" And um, and I said, "Oh, maybe if I win the title because I you know I'd I'd had a few wins and there was only a couple of races before the and." He, then he then he um, then he got my phone number and, and he called me and there was also you know talks with with uh, Diamondback and and Scott was pretty pretty forthcoming like man I, I just don't know if we're gonna have the budget to pay you what you what you're worth mm-hmm. um, so you know as as Diamondback was you know slowly fading away um, Haro came in so um, I had already um sorted out a deal even before the the grands with with tony d i mean mm-hmm. um i mean that was that was it right most of most of the guys had next year's deal locked up by the falls really yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you didn't then it was you're sort of time. hanging around for the for the scraps of what's left yeah now the industry was in a good place then and i think you came in at a good time and obviously you know the the rumor was i mean you, you obviously had a great deal with haro and then you went into uh, the uh, the next season, and that's where you and Thunder Dan went head to head, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I was um, defending my title um, that year, which was you know still still relatively young, but and, and on a new team, and it was a lot of pressure. I remember the first couple of races went absolutely horrible. You know, trying to get 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 used to a new bike, it was way stiffer than what. What I'd what I'd ridden with um, Diamondback to trying to adjust and um, and then I you know found my groove and I you know won a few races and then um, and then Danny and I um, are up for the title you know 2002 and I was pretty I think it was pretty much the same deal I think I was I, I had a bit of a lead Danny I think had to beat me by two or three spots in order to win. Um, but still, you know, at the Grands, it's it's not Danny and I on the gate. There's still, you know, 30, 40 other guys that, um, you know, could make the main as well. Um, but, it, yeah, look, it was unfortunate. I, I, I had a horrible Grands up until the main. Uh, the first main, I, I got got out and actually rode the race that, that, I, that I... And I was making you know all the excuses in the world i that was around the area that remember those stupid little you know 28 tooth front sprockets right yeah were around yeah you know and the, and the you know, really small you know i thought i'll oh, save on weight and um you know better pedaling power but man you just couldn't get out of the gate mm-hmm. and then it wasn't literally until the semi that i went back to regular 44 16 Mm-hmm. And that's when I started, you know, doing good again. Yeah. So the first main, I, I won. Uh, Danny, Danny got caught. Like it was, I think Danny was next to me on the gate, and I sort of pushed past him and got out. And I think he got like fifth. So I was pretty stoked after that. Then the second main, I, I hole shot it again. I was in front, and I mean, yeah, the video's out there. Everyone can see. Uh, Oh, well, I went wide, 
He mm-hmm. made a move, but it, it certainly doesn't look good that the same guy that's on the same team did what he, you know. I mean, he rode, he rode a race. Like, and I'm this is that for the ones that don't know. So Warwick's winning, and then uh, Afro, Bob DeWild, uh, makes a move on the second turn. Obviously, that pushed you back. Robert went on to win, win that race. You got shuffled, you know, to the back of the pack. And then there was a lot of, uh, I guess, drama about it. You know, Robert and Danny were teammates. Robert has said numerous times on different podcasts, it wasn't team racing. There was, you know, you had different thoughts. So, yeah, yeah, ca- carry on. Um, yeah, your thoughts on all that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I highly doubt that there was a meeting before the race saying, oh, look, if you get a shot, take him out. Like, I, I'm not saying that that's what happened, but it just, you, you got to put yourself in, in my shoes. That that race cost me the title, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know yourself, if you win the ABA grant, ABA title, you get cars, massive bonuses, um, you know, a number one plate. You, you, you're the champ for a year. Mm-hmm. You get second, you get, whatever what's second nothing you get nothing for the top get if you get second in the race you get the race winnings for the race which is what a thousand bucks but if you win you get it's a huge jump yeah Yeah. car plus you know whatever bonuses you have um you know which on diamondback were for the title was matched so Mm -hmm. 15 grand times two plus all your, your 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 co-sponsors, five hundred here, thousand dollars there, you know, times ten. For mm-hmm. all you, you know, because I had a lot of co-sponsors as well, so that that all adds up. So, you know, there's there's also that to take in mind as well, right? Um, but it is what it is. I I, I was f- proper salty, um, but look, Robert Robert did that. He that guy cost me. I don't know, 150, 200 grand over my career, I would, I would say. Because well, he did I, the same thing as NBL well, Grands. Okay, and so I, wanted to, I, I had notes for that as well. And I did tell Robert, because me and Robert are talking about doing one of these as well, so it would be interesting to get his take on it as well. But I remember there was, yeah, NBL Grands, I think, again, you and Robert in the semi, right? There was, there was some, uh, something went on between you two. 2004, <clears throat> I'd won the Worlds. I was so far in points for the NBL that I had to, all I had to do was make the main. I was in the semi. Robert cut me off out of the gate. Didn't make the main. Yeah, I remember that. That's when until Kyle went on to win the main. Then Kyle had to win the main to get Kyle the title. Kyle had to win the main. And he did. To beat me. From lane and eight. He did. From lane eight. Yeah. Yeah. Probably I remember eight. that. So let's, let's just go back to that Granza then. So Danny goes on to win the title. Um, was there any words or anything between you, Robert, Danny, anything? Um, or you just kind of left it at that? Oh, I mean, there was a big commotion. I, you know, obviously raced across the line to try and get it on with, uh, Afro Bob and there's all these (laughs) people around and stopping and, you know, I was obviously extremely upset. Yeah. Um, and then the last main, cause it was, you know, I was, I was, still with emotion and, you know, racing under, you know, that much pressure. I just, I, I folded. I had a horrible last main. Danny won the last main, won the title. Um, 
and you know it is what it is uh, th- there was there was probably words do i remember no it's just i've just literally there was i had a really good friend um in arizona and when i when you know months after uh, or, or sorry weeks after the race he just said look you're still in the past you're going to live in the past and the past is losing so if you don't want to lose then you need to think in the future and in the future is whatever you make it so and those words you know stuck by me and um so i just i i just focused on my training got everything that you know I, i i rode a lot better you know if you if you go back and look at um transit races my riding like my skill set was was not great in 2002 i wasn't riding my bike as as much where i i you know i i fixed that part of my training you know like um most of the 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 transit stuff of me riding trails and you know at, at you know Justin Snodley's backyard and things like that was in 2003 okay so you know, I really tried to not, you know, squat five plates as much. <laughs> I, I tried to ride my bike as, as much as I could. And, um, and I, you know, I always thought, well, if I just train harder, then I'll go faster and I'll just beat everyone. But it's not, you know, BMX is not just lifting really heavy weights and doing lots and lots of sprints. It's, there's there's all these other things you know the 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 way that you take a jump can make you go faster than the the three four pedals that you do before or after as well you know and also uh, bubba was coming into the picture as well so obviously you was you was yeah you had to be on on your game you know track track speed wise dealing with bubba right yeah bubba didn't really um start doing really well to to late 2003 okay i remember um, <clears throat> I remember at the Grands, um, 2003, I had won the title, whether I go to the race or not. Yeah. I, 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 I wanted to tap on that because it, again, it going into that season, it was you and Thunder down again. That seemed like you was getting the wins in on that. And then by mad mid season, I think you and Danny was one and two again. And that's where Danny exited and, and, and quit, you know, went on to, to, to pursue a business opportunity um, so yeah, then it was kind of a walk in the park then for you, right? For the rest of the year. Yeah. I mean, I, th- it was definitely like earlier 2003, you know, Danny and I, but then mid 2003 and, and, you know, I'm sure Danny had all these other things going on, but, um, I had won like that Danny was winning races. I was winning races, but I was winning the big races, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Phoenix, I think I double doubled at Phoenix you know, which the, the, the rider count was big. Um, there was a, a, a race in in California. I won that. Uh, I won the four nationals. Um, but it was winning the four nationals. Um, and Danny didn't even go to the four nationals. He had, he had, um, he was already done. He had yeah, exited. Yeah. Yeah. And, and John Purse was also there for the title. And John had to win both days for him to have a shot at the grands and I won both days. Mm-hmm. So Lucked it up was, right there, um, right? 
locked it up. Yeah, at the at the, the at the falls, but getting to um, getting to the grands, you know, I didn't because I'd won the title. I I I sort of relaxed. I I didn't I didn't have my you know I wasn't training like super super hard for the grands. Um, I was still training. I was still riding my bike a little bit, but you know, just enjoying like man, this is, you know, I've, I've won again. And um, so I didn't have the, the best and I didn't take it very seriously. Um, I think I, I I went late the first moto. I got like six. Then I got, I think, fourth or fifth on the second moto. Um, again, I think I thought like third or fourth of the last moto, I got in like with 12 with a three. I think the next person was like 12 with a five. So I barely made the, the quarters. Um, and I, I was I was on the outside and Bubba was doing well, but the grands, he was, you know, winning some motos and he was going fast and doing what Bubba did. And I remember, I'll never forget, Bubba was talking shit to me um, in, the, in the quarter. I was in lane eight. And he, I think he's, we, we didn't get into an argument, but like there was, there was a bit of shit talking back and forth <laughs> and I won, I won the court and from the quarter to pro open, never lost a race, right, won right. the quarter, won the semi, um, won the, um, well, three I won race. pro spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. I right. won all three mains and won pro open. Yeah. Yeah. Now you was on it then and, and like say going into the next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like say when you said Phoenix and that's where I really remember because obviously it was on transit. Good job, Colin Styles, on all those transits, by the way. Um, you was absolutely. Yeah. You go back and watch those transit in Phoenix. You're just racing on your own. You're just completely smashing all of us, you know. It was uh, good. Uh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember you just on it then obviously going into 04 winning the worlds, you know, maybe touch on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, that was, um, so I always, always, I don't know. I always did good in Phoenix. I just, you know, I, I, I never missed gate practice on a Tuesday night. I knew the track back to front. Um, I trained there all the time. Debbie let me, um, to go there and jump the fence and ride the track whenever I wanted. I mean, I remember doing, you know, tra- training days when it was 110 degrees out, like just, just brutalizing myself to try and, you know, if, if I train harder or make, make the conditions harder in training, then those days where it's really hot, um, you know, wearing all the gear won't be so bad, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, oh four. I just um, it, it was. I, w- I was just doing everything was was falling into line. Like my bike, my my track speed was good. Well, it was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was okay. Oh um, four, you know, Sean turned more coach as opposed to, um, you know, on the on um, as most as, as you know, mostly racer. Because mm-hmm. I think it was the O the O two Grands, he didn't race because he couldn't jump the pro section going into the last corner. 
Mm-hmm. So, 03, he established, that's when he, I think, is when he moved, or he'd already moved, but he was, you know, starting to turn more coach. And 04, he was pretty much coach. So, I, I, I remember the, 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 um, the off season with Sean was the best training I've ever had. Like we were lifting ridiculous amount of weights. We would, we were doing, you know, 45, 14, hundred meter sprints, you know, stopping, um, checking. He had this little, um, <clears throat> blood work machine that we'd like tap our finger and check our blood work to see the oxygen levels. And we couldn't, you know, do another effort until those come down. Um, <clears throat> midway to through 2003, I slept with a heart rate monitor. So if I woke up and my heart rate was above whatever, I think it was 50 something beats a minute or 60 beats a minute. Then I just didn't train that day. Cause I was, I was, you know, tired. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I took a day off. Um, so, you know, there was, it got really technical and I, and that's when I really started listening to Sean and not fighting because we, we were just mates and like he was, he was my idol. Then we became competitors and friends. And then slowly he turned into a coach with me, which was, I was probably the one that, one of the ones that gave him the most resistance because I, you know, trying to understand, well, hang on a second. Like I looked up to you, you were, you were, you know, a pro to me. Then we became friends because we competed. Then I started beating you. And now that I, I, you know, like you're not even really competitive to me anymore. Now, like you're turning into a coach and like that was, that was a, um, you know, a, a, a transition period. So, Midway through 2003 is when I really started, you know, taking it seriously, I should say. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that uh, 04 Worlds that in uh, Holland. Um, <clears throat> well, as I said on uh, the podcast with, with Kaylin and, and, um, and Bruce. That, uh, with Bruce, I, I didn't, I, I just, I didn't take it serious. Like, you know, I hadn't, I'd only raced the worlds twice, um, you know, once in France, then in America, because, you know, I, I, I had the visa issues, I couldn't leave. And in 2004, I had so much good stuff going on. I was, I was reigning champ. I had, you know, I already had like 10 wins. So I already had a perfect, you know, almost perfect score. Um, I was going, I was, you know, I was, I was on my game. I was winning races. It was, you know, myself and Bubba. <clears throat> and I literally, you know, and I'm, I was moving house during that time. I, I'd moved into a different house, moved, moved closer to the, to the track. I was, um, and I, I literally woke up that morning and I was, I also had a, a Japanese guy with, with me as well, staying with me because, um, like Haro had you sold so many bikes over in, over in Japan. They sent some guy that barely spoke any English, but he was, he was a cool guy and we, we rode together, but I, 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 I never forget. I woke up that morning and I just, I, I didn't, I didn't even want to go. I literally was almost going to just be like, nah. anyway, I got on the plane 
and I, I think that that sort of the, the week before not training and, and, you know, doing other things, I, everything just felt easy at the, at the Worlds. Like, I, you know, not only that, the week before, um, Sean had said that 180s with 44, 16 is the new wave. So I just, I, I listened. So, you know, I'd only been on 180s for a couple of weeks. And, you know, I got there and I was an underdog because, you know, I, 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 there was a lot of faces that I didn't, didn't know that, that had heard of me, but they, they didn't really know. Um, obviously, the, the same guys are winning all the time or, or competing all the time. And those are the guys in America. But just being different, I don't know, everything just, just clicked. And, you know, part of it was, you know, I never forget. And I said this in the other podcast that I was in the, in the, the, the gates area with, the, with some lady that was calling the names. And she had absolutely no clue who I was. Like, and, and some South American guy and, and Luke Medill was standing there. They, they laughed their ass off because they're like, he's, he's the ABA champ. Like, how do you not know? Right. And I was, I was last picked. So I went like, you know, if there was 50 guys, go 150, 249, you know what I mean? So I, I, was, I was in the, uh, my motos were stacked because. Um, you didn't have a UCI ranking. You know, I was so far down the ladder. Yeah, internationally wise, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I um, yeah, I, I that was that was for the motos, uh, for the for the Wednesday race that that international race. Whatever yeah, they had a mid midweek race. I totally remember. Yeah, yeah, and and I won that, and then I just everything just felt I just was in a in a zone. Like I remember just being in a. Um, yeah, in his own, and I just went on to win, won everything. Did you? Uh, what would you put it on level with the ABA title, or which holds more weight for you? Would that be the uh, the UCI Worlds or the ABA title? Sorry, say that again. You just cut out a little bit. What would you hold more prestigious, uh, the ABA title or the UCI Worlds? Look, if you had have asked me. <clears throat> Before the, the the world's which one, I would have said the ABA title because, you know, in theory, it's a lot harder to win because you've got to, you know, race all year, have all the, you know, the, the points, have a perfect score and still dominate the grands. But the world title, because there's just so many people and, you know, and not only that, you know, I remember, I never forget weeks after I'd won, just sitting back and thinking to myself, like, I am the best in the world. Like, just, mm-hmm. you know, not, not not telling anyone, just, just having those, you know, thoughts, sitting on my lounge, quiet time, no TV, no nothing, just, you know, sitting there with my own thoughts and thinking to myself, I'm the best in the world at what I do. And that was like, you know, like I didn't anticipate feeling that way, but I felt that way afterwards, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about during all this that was going on, the race in the worlds, banging out all the wins and stuff. Uh, you did MTV Cribs. So how did all that come about? Um, 
there was, I, I don't even remember who asked me. I think it might have been through, I think Tony D asked me. Um, there was there was talk that MTV had contacted the USA BMX um, sort of midway through 2004 um, about doing a show called Made. Now, they'd already done a BMX show, but it was a BMX um, freestyle show. And it, like the girl did a backflip. It was the, the number one show. And I think it still is the number one show of all time. So they wanted to do something similar, but they'd already done freestyle. So they wanted to do racing. Now, they they, they were in talks with um, Richie Anderson and also um, uh, Mike Redman. And because I was the reigning uh, world um, world champ, um, I, I you know was sort of and, and Australian and bleach blonde hair, it was <laughs> sort of a, a, a no no brainer. But the where I almost didn't get that gig is because I I had a crazy schedule in two thousand four because we went over to China for that inaugural China race because BMX just got inducted to the Olympics. Um, so they were filming while I went to China. So they, you know, there, there was parts where, um, you know, I was talking to Lauren on the phone and I was in China, you know, it was like two o'clock in the morning, but they had to have me speak at a certain time. So, you know, it was, it was, um, definitely tough trying to, you know, juggle BMX, you know, MTV training, um, you know, living out of home. You know, I, I, I man, I, I wasn't at home hardly at all during 2004. But, you know, so I went on to film for MTV Made and and it did really, really well. Um, I remember, and man, you, like MTV back then was, was, that's what everyone watched, right? Oh so, yeah, definitely. Um, it was, it was huge. So, I was getting recognized like crazy, you know, especially flying everywhere. Um, it certainly did well for my, uh, my social life. But <laughs> I remember when um, MTV made came out and, you know, it was a couple of weeks after it had, it had aired the, I was, I was driving, I was driving home on the one Oh one freeway in Phoenix and I was talking to my agent on the phone um, and he said that, you know, they love you. You know, the show's number one for that, for like for that season. Um, you know, everyone's talking about the, 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 the Australian guy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, tell him I want to do cribs. Right. <laughs> and he's like, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, man, tell him I want to do cribs. Yeah. I swear to God, 20 minutes, he calls me back and he said, they're going to be at your house in like two or three weeks. Wow. He's like, they, if you're serious, they, they want to do it more than what you want to do it. Right. <laughs> and sure enough, man, they, they showed up and like, they got there at like six o'clock in the morning and we filmed to like seven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it was a long day. But it was just like, man, this is like cameras like you've never seen before, like like strapped to the body and you know on this swivel, like following you around. It was, it was, man, like 
pretty cool to see. Yeah. And and so obviously you said you already got recognized from the Maid Show. By the time Cribs came out then, people must have really been picking up on you, right? Oh, yeah. Where's Instagram when you want it, eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Far out. <laughs> Good stuff. So let's, um, I guess, yeah, let's talk about going into the Grand. So you and Bubba, right, up for the title? Sorry, say that again. It cut it cut out a little bit. So going into the grands, um, it was up to you and Bubba, right? You and Bubba were going for the title. <clears throat> yeah, like I, you know, that was that was right in the midst of, you know, after MTV Made had came out. Um, oh no, sorry, filming for MTV hadn't hadn't actually. Um, uh, came out yet, but it was like not long after the the MBL Grands was I was I was literally living or staying in a hotel in Pennsylvania, um, flying from Pennsylvania to the MBL Grands. So you know my training was horrible going into that, and just you know you know I can say this now. Uh, all that, all that fame and bullshit all went to my head and I probably got over, over myself, um, you know, more than what I probably should have. And, you know, in hindsight, I probably wish I had somebody that would, you know, literally smack me around and, and make me focus because I wasn't, you know, I was too, you know, probably I was, I, I, well, not probably, I know I was full of myself back then. Ah, oh, you was um, you was young did, though, you know. So I mean, say yeah, no and, real, and, and no when, road you from, when you come from nothing, like my parents, you know, weren't rich by any means. They were they were Aussie battlers, um, and and you come into all of that, you know, because I'm making very very good money for twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then getting recognised so much, and I wasn't I wasn't like a you know, the most popular guy in school. I, I didn't play football or, or soccer or anything. So, you know, the girls weren't chasing after me back then. So, you know, I, I, I said and did things that, you know, probably that I, you know, like I wasn't training properly. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't focused like I should. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, I still went into the grands feeling feeling good, feeling strong. I was winning races. I made the main quite easily, but the the track because I wasn't taking my sport, my my profession as seriously as as what I should. The and, and you know you remember that two thousand four like that that track surface was horrible. The you know what was their excuse of the, the 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 dirt had sat outside for two weeks and it just rained constantly or some bullshit. It, like was, it was, so, yeah. Soft. I, it was I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the excuse was, but it was definitely soft and boggy. But then obviously they made it really tough and technical. I mean, I literally did not hit that pro section. I literally went around it. You know, it's like I was, and, and even when I watch the video now, it still looks pretty tough. You know, so and oh. like what you. And what it you said horrible. earlier, how you, you, you kind of adapted to, you know, feeling good on your bike, you were still doing pretty good through all that stuff. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't riding my bike as much as what I, what I should have. Um, 
you know, I, I jumped the pro section, but <laughs> it, it was not pretty. It didn't look good. It didn't look like Kyle. Hey, I mean, that, that pro section even, like, Kyle, it was in Kyle's head. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was, it was, it, it was tough. It was, it was, it was eating up some, some guys that could, that could ride their bikes that were known for riding their bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one person that, that it didn't bother that absolutely loved it was Bubba. Mm-hmm. And whether, whether that was just his cockiness and his self belief that man, like, I know that this track is in everyone's head, so I'm just not going to let it be in my head. Um, he, he just ate it up. Mm-hmm. So, so it came down to the last main, right? You you were still in with a shot at the title, right? Is that what happened? And then you you guys battled through the. Uh, I should have watched this main before we talked. Um, you guys were battling through the pro. You went down in the last turn, right? Yeah, I. I won the first main, um, and so and second okay, main so maybe I'm, he won the second the one. First main. Yeah, Bubba, I was winning the first main, um, and I rolled uh, one of the pro sections, mm-hmm. I think, and Bubba jumped and landed on my back and crashed. Okay, and then. I, I won, he got last. Okay, or that was that. Seventh or whatever, like the last. The second main, and then after that main, he kicked me in the head. And then we, we, we got into it after that main. So oh, in the like pits. tensions were like skyrocket, right? The second main, um, he won, I got second. So all I had to do was get like fifth. Yeah. In the last main, I was winning and I, there was, um, so there was the pro section, then you went around the, the step up, then you had those four big rollers. Yes. That, yes. You know, you had to have speed in order to jump them. <clears throat> yeah. I jumped the first set and I, I tagged them and I tagged them hard and I rolled, went to manual the second set. And I was just going too fast. Yeah, and it booked and the, the, the it just got me. I went over the bars. Yeah, and I got last. Mm. Bubba got the and title. That was the title. Yeah, Bubba got the title. It, it was literally, you know, it, it was meant to be for Bubba. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely good in that pro section. But like I said, it was really. It, it, There's no way I was going to do it. I was already mid thirties, and yeah, it was beyond me. But I still think you did. You did pretty good for for how tough that track was. Um, so tell us a little bit, a bit about that, that then. After the Grand, you ended up national number two. Did things start going south then with Haro? What actually was the, uh, yeah, what went down after that, going into the, uh, yeah, during that winter? So, no, no, so things were, like, I still rode for Haro after the Grand. I had um, I had a year, really, right? really good good deal with, with Haro. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had a very, very large... Well, I mean, I thought was was quite large, um, you know, decent monthly um, salary with them plus bonuses and everything else. <clears throat> but it was the Easter Classic or the week before the Easter Classic um, that I had um, 
I'd hurt my knee. I'd, I'd blown my, like really, really blew it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just battled with, with, with injuries that whole year. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that year that I, I ruptured my spleen. Oh, no, no, not ruptured my spleen. I collapsed my lung in Florida as well. Um, that year, um, you know, I broke a few fingers, things like that. But it was my knee that, that, that I just, I was I really struggled to, to come back from. Um, and then it was, I didn't even race. I don't even think I raced the grands. I, I got it fixed at the end of that year. And that's when Haro came to me and said, oh, like, you, you can still ride for us, but we, we can't pay you. So I went from, like, having one yeah. of the best salaries that they'd ever paid mm-hmm. to, oh, we'll pay for you, you know, for you to get to the races, but we we just, you know, we, we might be able to give you 500 bucks a month or 1000 bucks a month or something stupid. So mm-hmm. I was pretty much, you know, telling me to go away, but not, not saying go away. Yeah, no, I understand. Uh, so what happened then? So is... Yeah, I think um, that was the year that um, Derek and Jason wrote for them. Okay. So I think in their eyes, they're like, well, for what we're paying this one guy, we can get two guys and probably still save money. You yeah, know? I understand. Yeah. So did you carry on racing as a privateer or did you go home? I think you went home, right? Sorry? So did you carry on racing that season or you went home, right? Um to that yeah, two thousand six I went I went back to Australia. Yeah. I um two thousand yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, so after I got my knee fixed, I um I raced Vegas, which was at the start of the year, mm-hmm. and I flew out like the next day. I went, I sold, I rented my house out in Scottsdale. Um, I had another property in Phoenix that that was already rented out. And I basically got rid of all my stuff. I, you know, I I had a Corvette and a, like a custom chopper. I rode the bike out to California and put, and got a container and put the bike and the car in a container with like, you know, all my trophies and everything that was in the car mm-hmm. and checks and, you know, things that I just, I, w- w- it was going to be too hard to, to take on a plane. I yeah. stuffed, you know, cause containers aren't cheap. Um, and put all that stuff in a, in a container and send it all back to, uh, to Australia. Oh, and, I, good. and I just, yeah. I'm glad you so, did that because I was kind of like, I felt, it felt it was a bit sad at the end for you, you know, but at least you got to, take some of your stuff back with you. I, I literally thought you just went, jumped on a plane and left everything home, you know, left everything AZ and just kind of walked away from it all. No, 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 no. I've got, I mean, you, you can't take too much stuff. Like I didn't take TVs or anything like that. It was all like my valuable stuff. Like, you know, the, 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 the car was literally chock-a-block full of all of the big, you know, ABA checks that I've got hanging up in my garage, you mm-hmm. know, my Nora cup and, my, you know, ABA cups and plaques from the world and medals and everything got stuffed in the car. Oh, good. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I was, I was lucky in the sense where I, I was able to do that. I mean, it cost me a lot, but... You, you know, still got all that... You, you still got all that stuff then with you? 
No, I, I sold the um, I sold the car. So I made made a killing on the car. I bought the car. It was a, a Z06 Corvette. Um, so it was an 03 at the time. And I come back in 06. So it was relatively new. It only had to 22,000 miles. Mm-hmm. I think I paid just over, like just over 40 US, 41, something like that. 42, I think. Um, and I sold it in Australia, left-hand drive for 88. Wow. Good deal. 88 grand. <laughs> good yeah. deal. Yeah. And the bike I paid 20 grand or 20,500. I'll never forget it. 20,500 from, um, Phoenix Harley, which was on bell road. Um, it wasn't a Harley. It was a, an, uh, um, the, oh, what was it? Anyway, it was, it was a custom, custom bike. That was the bike that was in cribs that okay. I brought back. Um, I went to sell it in, cause you, <laughs> and this is where I was really, really lucky. Cause my dad has the exact same name as me. I'm a Warwick, Steve, Brian Stevenson Jr. Mm-hmm. They never sent, when my dad would come over and visit me, they never stamped the, his passport to go back. Now, if you want to send something back to Australia, you can, as long as you own it for a year mm-hmm. and you've been in America for a year and you can bring one personal import without paying duty. So I brought the car, my dad brought the bike. Oh, deal. Yeah. So I paid no duty on mm-hmm. either of them. I went to sell the bike and I, they offered me 11 grand as a trade in. I sold the bike for 40 grand. Wow. Yeah, so good. I made, and that was, the bike was a piece of shit. <laughs> Horrible to ride. Horrible right. to ride. You said earlier, and I, I totally forgot, you won the Nora Cup as well. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool to win that, right? Yeah, that was when they changed it from kids voting to the, Industry. like, you guys vote, like, us voting. Yeah. So it was, I think, 2004, because I was winning, you know, I, I just won the Worlds. I was leading points for NBL. NBL hadn't, uh, I don't think the NBL had raced yet, or maybe it just did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all around that time because it was at the Nora Cup was at the bike show. Okay, and in Vegas. You, I was, in I was, Vegas. you know, yeah, yeah. So because um, I was not, like I was, I was, you know, on, on everyone's tongue that year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the tip of their fingers with keyboards because I remember that was the uh, <laughs> um, what was that. There was a lot. There was a lot of uh, web websites, inst- oh, not Instagrams, Twitters. It got out of hand definitely yeah, during that period. Message of, boards. Keyboard warriors back then. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I, they, a lot of those guys may not have liked me, but it, they had to respect me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, def- I, won, I won the you, Nora Cup. Yeah, no, I, I think the whole internet, message boards websites it got out of hand definitely i think it was just for the era it was and um and i don't think anybody got off lightly i mean you think you might have got it i mean i think at some point everybody got a good got a good <laughs> a good hammering on there you know so it was all as bad as each other i think you know yeah look 
I, I certainly got it more, a lot more than the, the, the average guy. Um, you know, and as I said in the, in, in previous podcasts and interviews, you know, I never, I never spent a lot of time in the, in the buddy, buddy camp, you know, with Thunder, um, you know, Miranda, um, Richardson, yourself, you know, Christoph, um, Thomas, you know, one, one thing, one thing with you, Dale is, is you, you, you didn't have, you didn't have trouble. I mean, I remember it, it was, where were we in, in California somewhere, um, where you and I almost came to, blow, to blows. Um, I don't remember. Where was that? We, I think it was in California. A remember, it was in Cruiser. I think it was like a world, what was it? The world cup or something. Was it the ABA Worlds, maybe? Could it ABA been? Worlds, yeah. In Reno, Reno it, maybe? Like, no, it wasn't, wasn't Reno. It was Reno's indoors. It was an outdoor race, but it was like a, an arena. No, they had an ABA Worlds Remember? at Reno outdoors. They had an outdoor Worlds at Reno, I think. Oh, then, then it was, yeah, it was there. And it was in Cruiser? Um, yeah, I think um, <laughs> I, I, I think... I, I think I slipped my pedal going into the first turn and, and you'd run into the back of me and you thought I'd cut you off. Right, right. And, yeah. and like, you had said something and I said, I'll fucking slip my pedal. And then, um, and, and then like, you turned around and we, like, literally almost come to blows. But I'm, oh. I was like, no malice in it. Like, I fucking literally unclipped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, but it might not have been Cruiser. I think I was up for a top three or something. It might have been the last main. And, yeah, um, right. yeah. I think I was in contention, not to win, but I think like top three at that race was was still pretty good for me, you know. That and I was old then, <clears throat> so that might have been it. But yeah, things definitely got out of hand, and you you did probably get it more than you deserved. And I think like a lot of people, yeah, it it was just a, it was just bad. The internet was, you know. I mean, I got it as well, you know. So it's uh, I don't think anybody really got away too lightly. Um. Let's uh now you came back right and rode for Kawara with Matt Polkamp, right? So that was like you came back from Australia and gave it another little go, right? Or was the Kawara? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um So I went back to Australia and um the guy uh Julian Mills. I don't know if okay. you remember Julian yeah, Mills. Yeah, the rocker like, guy. Rocker guy. guy. Yeah. He um he was in with uh with with Kuahara um in in Taiwan and they they wanted to you know they were they were obviously coming back and they wanted to do something with you know some some top guys they already had Matt and I had raced the 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 Australian titles in um, I think it was in Melbourne and I had been speaking to um, to Julian and he said you know like I want you to ride for Kuahara but the only thing is like you've got to go back to the States. Like you can't, like, I can't like justify paying you and, you know, being in Australia. So part of me was like, like you know, like, uh, do I go back and, you know, all these things happen and um, am I still going to, you know, dominate? And um, so, but I also missed, being in being in america i missed racing all the time 
You know, in Australia, you race five times a year, you know, max. Mm-hmm. That's that's if you're doing everything. Um, so I missed, um, you know, actually race, like actually racing. So I, I flew over for the Christmas Classic. And um, I think, like, I, I should have won the Christmas Classic, but I, the, the, there was the, um, like a berm jump going into the, the second turn. I clipped the bloody, um, just barely clipped it with my front wheel and my front wheel turned and I, I broke my thumb. And then I got, um, then I got a pneumonia from the Christmas Classic going from Australia, which is, you know, 100 degrees to Ohio, which is minus 100 degrees. It was already, the, that race was already the, the sickness classic because you'd always get sick there, you know, with the Christmas and all that. You yeah. Know, everybody would go out Sunday after the race. I was guaranteed to get sick. Oh, <laughs> hard, hard. hard. We had a good night Sunday night, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but, um, and, and, and yeah, like we... Um, I I got uh, I I got like I got, like got really really sick, um, and I went to I remember going to Reno and I couldn't race because I was I was sick, um, uh, and then man it just like I, I I came back I raced I did good I was I was going fast I was always in contention but I'd do something dumb and and whether crash or or, or whatever. But that year, 2007, I've never had so many injuries in my life. I mean, I rode trails that broke my ankle. I broke my thumb at the Christmas Classic. Um, I I broke my 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 arm. Like I, I don't know if you'd be able to see. I've got a scar that goes oh, yeah. there all the way there. The bone yeah. come out right there. Yeah. Um. So I broke both bones. I didn't realize my 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 um my wrist was dislocated and i came back racing with a dislocated wrist i couldn't understand why my arm just always was sore um i broke it again i didn't know it was broken and the plate would held it but it started to bend so there was like this crazy bend in it i'm just like that doesn't look right and i didn't notice that didn't know that was broken until i'd ruptured my spleen and when i'd come out of surgery from my spleen because I almost died with my, like I, I should have died. They said I was going to die. Um, I was in an induced coma for six days. Oh, wow. my, I woke up. My mom was next to my bed. You know, she'd been told that I was going to die. She'd gotten on the first plane available, you know, and my parents went in the financial situation and just get on, a, you know, a plane that quick, but they did obviously. And then, you know, the time that I was in a coma, I wake up, she's there, she's bawling her eyes out. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, that happened. I came back from that. I was, I, you know, and, I, and then finding out, like, you, you, sh- you should be dead, you should this and that, and, you know, my stomach, I've got this crazy scar. And I just, I just didn't, I was, then I, you know, when you, you, you just lose that edge where you go mm-hmm. into a corner and you don't have any fear, you just go in, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you go in, then you normally come out, 
But if you go in at 99% or 98%, you're a little bit timid, you usually crash and something happens because you're not confident. Mm-hmm. And and that's what that's what happened. I just, you know, I, I had another crash where I hurt my shoulder. Um, uh, then then I had, a, um, like, the, the scar wasn't, like, there was this tiny little dot where pus was coming out and I kept going to the doctor and getting it checked out. And he's like, oh, no, it's just a little infection, no big deal. And he'd get this tape and shove the tape in there and then put a Band-Aid over the top of it. <clears throat> and then it turned into a staph infection. And how it how it came to fruition is I went to Vegas for the um, for a race towards the end of the year. And, like, my stomach was really sore. Like, I thought I'd... I'd like tore a muscle in my abs or something. And I went to Vegas, I, I practiced, I'm like, man, my stomach, like it's really sore, right? So I'm just, you know, muscling, like trying to get through the pain. And I woke up Saturday morning with every intention to race that day. And it had like somebody been massacred. Like the bed was covered in blood and pus. Like it had popped and it had leaked out overnight. I woke up uh. and I thought, shut I think I fucking pissed myself. And I looked and I'm like, somebody's been murdered in the bed. Like I wasn't sleeping with anybody. I was there by myself. Yeah. So it had just, and I freaked out, called 911. They come and got me. And the, I, I, the staph infection had reached my bloodstream and I was in Vegas. I mean, I mean, I knew people in Vegas, but like they weren't friends and they were just, I just knew them. Mm-hmm. So for, Four weeks, I stayed in. I had another surgery. They cut the the all. They cut the, the scar. It had to heal from the inside, so they didn't they didn't stitch me up. So it healed from the inside, inside out, which gave me this like crazy scar. Like it it, it turned into a keloid scar. It looked like I'd been masked. So four weeks in the in the hospital there, you know. And then came out of hospital, back training and trying to get, because I was like on all these painkillers and, you know, that, that horrible feeling of all that shit coming out of your system. Um, and then like still right, still, still trying to, you know, I was still, I was still on Kuahara. They were still paying me. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with everything that happened, man, I just, I, I was, I was done. I was done. And and I think I went to a a supercross race. No, and no, I no, I didn't go to I never ever raced supercross. But that was when the um The Big the, Hill. No, 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 the 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 new gate system had come in. Yeah. And I went to a race and I'd never trained on that gate before. Ever. And I just man, I didn't make it out of my motos. Yeah. And I, that was a race in Florida and like I pretty much told Kilhara, look, I can't do this anymore. And I, I stopped racing. Mm-hmm. So then you went back home again, obviously, right? No, <laughs> no. Oh, so during that time. Um, so if I rewind back to when I had a pneumonia that weekend, I didn't race, but I, um, I hooked up with Mike Moller's sister. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that weekend, it's funny, 
um, and I, man, I forget the guy's name. Was, you you would know him. Dark hair, freestyle guy. He, always, he used to he, he was really good on his bike that raced. Um, tattoos. Oh, what's his name? I almost, oh, yeah. I, I almost want to say he he passed away. Oh, from California, Aaron Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Aaron, Aaron Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was talking to Sarah, right? Sarah Mola. And Sarah was with her mum. And Sarah's mum with makeup on, she looks all right. You know, she's <laughs> she's she's got all the attributes of a you know. Um <laughs> Aaron's Aaron's like, bro, come come to the bar, you know, this and that. I'm like, bro, man, I, I just got over being sick. I need to get some rest. He's like, yeah, you know, racing, blah, 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 this and that. So anyway, he was trying to get me to be his wingman to go, you know, to hook up with Sarah's mum because they were both <laughs> shut. Like, so I went there with every intention of like, I'll have a crack, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, And then... Sarah was more interested in me than, than Aaron. So then we had to regroup and, you know, I, we went to the bathroom and I'm like, man, you know, he's like, bro, I think Sarah wants you like, okay, so I'm going to go for the mum. So, so yeah, that's, that's, so, you know, <laughs> I ended up having a, like a long distance relationship with Sarah uh-huh. and, um, and then, you know, being, and then we started like dating. So after that race, I pretty much said, look, I, you know, what do you want to, like, what do you want to do? You know? So she's like, well, just, just come here, just move here. So I moved to Missouri and I, I just, I mean, I, I had money, not, not, I mean, I wasn't rich, but I, I still, you know, I had plenty of money in the bank so i wasn't worried about you know working in the in the short term so i i went and stayed with her and and lived with her and her mum, and then we end up getting a place of our own and and then it, it, you know my visa had like literally another eight months or something left on it and i wasn't writing for anyone and i you know she's like well you know i'm like well if we're and I'd spoken to my my lawyer, and and she said, "Well, yeah, you, you got to go home, or, or you know, if you get married." So I said to Sarah, "I said, you know, what is this, you know?" And you know, man, it was sort of one of my first real girlfriends that you know, like I re- that I cared for. Mm-hmm. So we we got married, and we didn't we didn't have a big you know big deal. It was just we we went down to the courthouse and. Um, Sarah's mum was her witness and Sarah's mum's partner was my witness and we signed. We got a cheap-ass hotel <laughs> for the night and then we went back and lived, lived our lives that we were normally living. Yeah, yeah. And then so I, what... I lived in America up until 2000, towards the end of 2010. That's where I finally come home. Okay, like yeah, yeah. Because obviously, yeah, there's no social media, nothing, so nobody really knew what you was up to, where you was. Everyone just assumed you'd gone home, you know. So, um, yeah, it's 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 different times now where everybody knows everything about everybody, you know. Mm. Before before we wrap this up, um, you had a let's chat a little bit about Kyle because you you guys were really good friends, and 
it was for me to watch, you know, looking in, you guys would, um, you guys would literally go out. You guys would get first and second, you know, switch wins between each other on, on a Saturday. And then you two guys would go out, literally party, drink, come in, you know, when the, when, when the daylight's already up and then you do the same again, you guys will get first and second again. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your, yeah. your relationship, your relationship with friendship with Kyle. And then obviously, you know, obviously, uh, losing him, um, your thoughts on everything. Um, Kyle and I, like we, 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 we became friends through, through Sean. Sean met Kyle at a race and, you know, was needed somewhere to stay, so we went and stayed with Kyle. And because we had that connection, you know, with Sean, it was, you know, just, just, you know, it was, we were always just going to be, you know, like acquaintances. Then we became friends and, you know, Kyle's got a very weird sense of humor. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's got a nickname. Like my, my nickname growing up was Podge because yeah. my dad had the same name my dad, and I was a fat baby. He called me Podgy. And Podgy <laughs> in Australia is, is, you know, someone that it, I think they use it in, in the, uh, the UK as well. Um, in America, it's Pudge. Someone's Pudgy. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle would always call me Pooch. So, <laughs> um, we just, you know, we had this funny relationship. And then um, we just, you know, when, when Sean wasn't around, Kyle loved to go out and loved to, you know, we just we were just young and and we were, we were we were doing good at what we did and um we knew that as long as we did everything right through the week that we we could still go out and and, and we never went out on a saturday night or a friday night with the intentions of staying out all night mm-hmm. it was just we we'd go out for a couple drinks um cuz we always i never drank through the week We'd only drink on the weekends, which is funny, you know, to, to, to hear that. But, you know, as, as Dave Bittner would say, you know, two Miller lights, you know, <laughs> it was just enough to, to, to relax you enough so you can get a good yeah. night's sleep. Well, um, uh, Kyle and I would, would have Moscato, which is the, the cheap, you know, <laughs> cheap, cheap, cheap ass wine over there in the States. We don't have it here. Or we, we do have Moscato, but it's not the same. Um, so we, you know, we'd always, you know, have a, a, a couple of drinks at dinner. And then if, if there was a bar next to the, next to the restaurant, we, you know, oh, let's just, you know, maybe one more drink. And, and then, you know, one thing led to another and it's, we're leaving the bar to go quickly shower and have something to eat. Um, <laughs> and, and, and because racing's about to start. Right. Yeah. But, um, or we'd be at the, so, it, it, you know, we never had these plans. Oh, we're going to, you know, just have a, have a bender at the races. It was never like that. It, and it wasn't every weekend. It was, it was, it was here and there, but mm-hmm. you know, do I, I, I don't regret it. I mean, it, it, did, it certainly wasn't the best thing for, for our, our careers and our racing, but it's certainly a, a funny story to tell, you know, obviously now we're what 
a, de- a decade and a half after it all happened. So, yeah. To, to, <laughs> what was funny is 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 to have the conversation with um, and it's and it, it comes across as bragging, but you know, to be able to 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 sit there and talk to somebody they race against that did everything right and went to bed early and didn't doesn't drink and you know and drink at all or whatever and doesn't go out and you know whatever and and you still beat them it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh you beat everybody you, know? you two literally i mean literally you 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 know we're the last the last bit of the 90s guys kind of holding on for a couple of years you know why and watching you guys do this you know you guys were young enough and you could where you could still do it all you know and uh and what i was going to say about kyle you guys raced each other really kyle did with everybody but you guys really raced and battled, but there was never any drama, was there? You guys raced clean together. Yeah, I mean, I respected Kyle. He respected me. We we never let, um, you know, racing get in the way. We, we, we trained together. I knew everything about him. He knew everything about me. It was just one of those pure friendships that, that was, you know... Uh, that that and he's he's not a confrontational guy you know he no he even thinking back man he he never even talked shit about anybody he was just mm-hmm. you know what you see is what you get simple you know didn't 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 really ask for much you know didn't need to live in a you know have fancy things he wasn't a brand name person I mean, he loved his he loved his toys. Like he, he would have, you know, had that, um, that, um, oh, that, that truck, that truck, lowered, that truck lowered, that he lowered truck, wasn't it? Yeah. Lowered, yeah. That he's poured <laughs> freaking so much money and then done his ass on. Um, but it, you know, even, even he's, when he was, when he's making all that money and winning all those races, he just, he drove a, a regular single cab Tundra truck. Um, I think the most extravagant thing when he was doing really, really well was he, he was one of the first people to get an iPhone. <laughs> um, and like, he's just, you know, and I think because of all those things, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like a, and I'm not picking on, on, on him, but like Jason Richardson, you know, you always see him driving a Porsche or a, um, having, you know, big house and having all this money and, you know, he, you, you couldn't really envy Kyle for, for having luxury things. He didn't have luxury things, even though he was making stupid money. Mm-hmm. Um, he just, just, just humble, genuine guy. Ooh. Nobody really says anything bad about Kyle. No, Anybody, they really you, don't. You couldn't. No, they, you, you really you, nobody really did. I only think I saw him angry once. He was uh, he was angry at your friend Afro Bob one year at the Christmas Classic. I remember one of the mains. I think Bob cut him off or something. That's the only time I saw Kyle yeah. angry. Um, but no, you're totally right. Good guy, and it's just a shame he's not here any longer with us. But I always knew you guys were tight. All right, Warwick, let's kind of wrap it up. Um, what's uh, what you're up to these days? I know you're back back down under. How's life, family, work? I know you're a busy man. Give us an update. Yeah, real quick. So um, I got three kids. Uh, two of them are in school. My youngest is is only three. 
Um, we own uh, the largest privately owned carpet cleaning business in Australia. So that, 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 that definitely keeps us busy. We've got um, 40, 44 employees, uh, 33 technicians, uh, 11 girls in the office. You know, we service in excess of sometimes 150 jobs a day, which is obviously um, a, a, <laughs> a headache. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of happy customers, but sometimes a lot of not so happy customers as well. So <laughs> that can um, that can certainly, you know, uh, <laughs> take away your buzz. Um, but yeah, I mean, just uh, I'm out on the road most days. Um, you know, either stocking the the the, the our warehouse because we've got a an office with a little bit of a warehouse, um, or actually doing jobs myself. I we do pest control as well, uh, which we're slowly growing. That where um, we only have pest control in New South Wales, but we've got the guy that's just got licensed in Brisbane, got uh, another guy that's going to get licensed in Melbourne. Um, so we're slowly trying to expand and grow that business as well, which is exciting because, um, especially when you get into termite work, there's like ridiculous money in that, like ridiculous money. Um, but you know, we're, we, we, we turn over $5 million a year, which is, you know, a lot of money, but yeah, we're not the biggest, you know, we're, we're the it's big for carpet cleaning, any, anyways. For for a single owner operated uh, business, it's it's um it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, good for you, man. Um, Warwick, it's been great chatting. I appreciate it. Any final words or thoughts, uh, messages to anybody in the BMX world? Um, man, I just I guess I I, I really appreciate everything that's um you know. That, that I've that I've ever received um, I love my my time in the sport you know the guys that I um, that I that I competed against you know shout out to all of them for you know we, we spent a lot of time with each other racing every single weekend back you know back-to-back weekends rodeo arenas and everything else I mean, I may, may not have hung out with like guys like yourself or or Danny or anything. I mean, I hung out with Danny a few times. I remember <laughs> some funny stories with Danny. Um, but yeah, I I, 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 you know, I truly cherish everything that that, I, that I've been through, good and bad. Um, it's it's made me who I am today. Um, and 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 to you, Dale, we, we had some ups and downs, and um, but. I, I probably look at um, what you're doing, your page, the most out of everyone in BMX because everything you, you you're doing is so positive with growing the sport and and positivity with the sport and um, and you, you certainly portray you know a, a great lifestyle over there with um, your beautiful family and and you know more blessings to yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it, mate. Like I say, I think it's hard to be, it's always hard to be best friends with, with everybody who you race with. But I think, uh, you know, I always respected you as a rider. You was unbelievable. You had a fantastic career, won major titles. And I think you definitely left your mark in uh, BMX. So 
I appreciate it. I appreciate for doing this, Warwick. And uh, maybe we'll do another part two at some point. Maybe talk a bit more about the Australian stuff. I know you got a lot of history even before you came to the US. And uh, maybe we'll catch up and talk about that at some point. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.